Episode 288, The Rant, Terry Twybell, Part 3, The Catch-Up. I am thankful for one of my brothers in stripes, Terry. In this pod, we catch up on Thanksgiving Eve to talk about coronavirus, family, and the longing to be back on the court. We also talk about the loophole of being able to do at least flag football during this time, and when we both think it'll all go back to what once was. All that and more, my conversation with Terry, now. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest, part three, The Return. Uh, some man that has been on uh, episode 15 way, way, way early on. Also, episode 119, my Thanksgiving special of last year. And I'm really happy to see him because it's been a while, man. I, we've been talking uh, back and forth during the pandemic, maybe like four or five times and just keeping tabs. But this is one of my main mans from Island Garden, CYO staple in Nassau County, board 41 certified basketball official, Mr. Terry Twybell, how are you, my man? I am great, Ralph. Thanks a lot. Three times the charm. Crazy, right? <laughs> Crazy. So um, we just got to just at least catch up on it. I felt like I was just talking the whole time, but um, coffee is my boyfriend. I like this. And I see all these supplements. That must be for me, son. Yes, my two sons. You're not yeah, taking those, right? No. <laughs> okay. Just want to make sure I'm, that maybe- I'm way past those supplements. Maybe you've had a mid, mid, <laughs> midlife crisis, and then you're like, you know what? I want to get buff, because a lot of people have been doing some crazy things in the coronavirus. But, you know, I- you're one of the few people that I know, like especially like all of my SABL guys. Shout out to Steve Kaufman, um, Bernie, yeah, um, you, Washington, who used to do a John Papa, uh, Sandeep, just everybody, all the scores tables, cash, and and just that whole atmosphere, man. That's like something that out of like all the refing things, that's one of the few things that I really, really, really miss that whole camaraderie. And of course, you know, I, I would remember like, I'm just doing a game. You're coming from somewhere. You're sitting down like, Oh, Terry's. And I'm like, man, how come I'm not working with Terry today? How come I'm not working? But you know, of course, all of that got upended because of the coronavirus. And we talked about this early on, but you know, first I wanted to ask you, you know, how have you been holding up during this whole thing? Because I know that you know, when they think of Terry, they think of like somebody that's going two games here, three games there, 
four games coming back, somebody that is always grinding in the in the circuit. How are you holding up with the coronavirus? How's your family? And when was the moment, if we go back to March, when was the moment that you took all of this really serious? Well, you know, it stopped so abruptly. I mean, it was about the middle of March, right before St. Patrick's Day. And I remember being having games that week. In fact, uh, I think it was uh, maybe a Wednesday night during that week before St. Patrick's Day, and all of a sudden games are canceled. Mm-hmm. And it's everything stopped, right? I mean, it just, nothing. And, you know, the first couple of weeks, it was like, okay, it's a bit of a rest. You know, obviously when it was really being hit hard here in New York. Um, and here we are, months and months and months later, you called it. You know, everybody was saying, oh, well, you know, by the summer we'll be back. And, yeah. Uh, this has been (laughs) (laughs) something that I've always maintained. And I think that conversation, I want to say was like May. And I remember I spoke to you and you're like, man, this is, and I remember you were coming from a place of like, I can't wait to get back on the court. And I already had my death. Right. So I think in March and you could probably relate because everyone was like this. I was on the couch. I was eating ice cream. I was watching the daily task force meetings. No sports on TV. Things were nothing. closing left and right. Oh, I really? mean, it just, it was crazy. And what was interesting about that time was that, you know, especially like us from New York, it was starting to get warm. And these are the feelings that I feel like, oh, I'm about to do baseball. Right. I'm going to take off my jacket. Like this is the time where I would do lacrosse and baseball and I would be outside. And that's when AAU would start gearing up and those it felt like we're very weird that those moments came and went and I was doing a different thing. And at the same time, Mason, my son, he wasn't, I can't even call it like online schooling because it was like, at that time it was like, here's the homework, you figure it out. Right. Yeah, that so that, was... that's, that's tough because I, I'm assuming that all parents aren't like me, like me, I'm a lover of learning. My son loves to learn. So I'm going to figure it out, but I'm sure that there's parents that are, so used to going, these kids are going to learn in school. That's not my responsibility. I'm not a teacher. I understand that. What were those moments that you felt like in March and April? And of course, I think you also had a group of friends that were, you know, optimistic. And I wouldn't say that I wasn't optimistic because I was always optimistic that, you know, everyone would be safe. It's just that for me, and I told you this when I spoke to you earlier, I read this book and it was called The Pale Rider. And it was about the, the 1918 Spanish influenza. And just just reading the beats, I remember this one chapter that I read, and it was about San Antonio, and it was around October of, and it was the same thing, because it started in April, and then there was a second wave in October, and then there was a third wave in January, and then there was a fourth wave the next year. So when, when you're reading this book, you're like, oh, mm. we're not playing anytime soon. Like, uh, just our life is not, you know, so... After reading that book, there was this one chapter and they were talking about San Antonio and they were frustrated with it because they were doing all of these things. They were distant. Everything was closed. And they were like, you know what? We're not going to we're not going to follow it anymore. I think 96 percent of one person in every household was infected. The third wave. Wow. The third wave. And that was a much more deadlier, I think, a deadlier um, version of a of a disease. But. You know, it's it's highly infectious. And, you know, just going back to those times in March and April when everything was just falling from the sky, how did you feel about all this? And where was that within the context of refing? Very defining. I mean, you know, we were worried about our mail, how we took in our mail, going out, bleaching it, you know, outside before taking it in. And, you know, there was a big fear because so much of it was confusing. Right. And it's still confusing. Yeah. Does a mask work? Doesn't it? Does it help? Doesn't it? You know, yeah. so much misinformation has come out over time. Um, 
I remember going to the beach with my daughter and her boyfriend and the family when they were visiting. And we went to the beach and walking around the boardwalk in May, I think, mm -hmm. and uh, being paranoid. You know, there were people walking on the beach without a mask and we were all masked up. And, you know, we like, it was too crowded. We went back home. You know what I mean? So the first few months were, first week or two, okay, you got used to a little bit of a break being home. And then after that, and of course, then it got warmer. People let their guard down a bit. But things were still at a, I guess, a pretty okay level. Mm -hmm. My family was hit a little bit particularly hard. We lost a couple of elder um, aunts over between my wife and I over that time due to COVID. So that was difficult, especially in the beginning when you couldn't even have a burial. Okay? Things have eventually a little bit more and more. You can have a wake, but, you know, it's restricted and whatnot. So it hit us hard with a couple of people. But needless to say, here we are. It's Thanksgiving. We should be thankful for what we do have, right? Yeah. I mean, and hopefully we'll get through this. And, you know, unfortunately now things are spiking up again. Right. So you called it. You said, I don't think that we're going to play until 2021, somewhere later in the year. Right. And we all thought you were crazy. Mm -hmm. Here we are. And <laughs> no one thinks I'm crazy. Yeah. <laughs> just to even talk about that interim, I think in June, I think that's when everyone like really got frustrated, especially just like, in the United States, you feel as though, regardless of the numbers, I think everyone, I want to say the the time the time marker was Memorial Day, mm. when everyone's like, you know what, F this. <laughs> we're done with this. I'm going to do barbecue. I don't care anymore. Right. But at the same time, we had solace in the fact that we were outdoors. So it does make sense that now, since it's a lot colder now, we're all indoors. Right. It was only a matter of time. And, and to me, I, I've never thought of this as a wave. It's just been redistributing. Yeah. Right? So I remember in the beginning, Wisconsin's like, oh, man, New York is all messed up. Well, Look at it just map. didn't hit you yet. No. Isn't that really, that is really interesting to me is how we were really it for a while. And now all these other states are going through what they're going through. Right. And, you know, the southern states. And really, it's just so amazing how each state has their own sovereignty and how they approach it. You know, we're one country, but yet everybody can make those individual decisions on how they want to handle yeah. it. Nobody knows what's right, the right way, the wrong way, but we're just kind of learning as we go all the time. Right. I mean, the only thing I think is that we have better methods of treating it now than we did in the beginning. Right. And that is very unfortunate for those poor people, mm -hmm. young and old, who, you know, once they were put on a ventilator when maybe they didn't have to be. It was very unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I try to tell my kids, I'm old enough to remember all these terrible, difficult years, 1968, the Vietnam War, and protests and all, everything that was going on. And, and, you know, back then, I remember being an only eight, 10-year-old thinking, this is the end of the world, but it's not. And, uh, you know, we're a great country. We'll roll through things and, you know, we'll adapt. Yeah. Also, just the coronavirus and, and everyone gets so utterly frustrated. Just remember, it's like old age. Like when people go like, man, I hate getting older. I always look at my friends when they tell me like, you're getting, we're getting older is like, you're coming with me. <laughs> like, like it's, it's not as if you're, you're standing still Yeah. and I'm, I'm getting young. No, we're all getting older together. So, you know, I still implore everyone to stay safe, stay socially distanced, wash your hands and many times just care about the other person. You know, I really feel like, and, and also just looking back. I feel like if Donald Trump just said in the beginning, have these MAGA masks. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. He'd be in the office. Like, he'd still be in the office. And it, it would be much better now. 
I, it, yeah. It, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, this is real. Yeah. You know, no matter how, how we want to, you know, overreact, underreact. Well, listen, he gambled. He thought that it would go this way, and it, it just didn't. I mean, you, you just can't beat science. But, you know, like I said, just everyone remains safe. But, you know, during the interim between that around September, I know one of your good buddies, uh, a fellow Board 41 official, Steve Ross, passed away, and God rest his soul. He died of complications, probably unrelated to COVID, but I'm not surprised because he was battling cancer for a very long time. Just, you know, talk about what he meant to you and how did you feel um, at that time when you found out? Yeah, Steve and I, you know, we went back a long way. Good buddies, you know, I knew him, you know, when I was first starting the referee, he had already been a referee. He knew a lot of people, was very busy on the circuit like us. And, you know, over time, we both kind of really kind of took over LI Hoops or whatever. So we worked a lot during that time. Steve was a good guy, really good guy. In fact, your podcast with him, he was very frank about a lot of things. And, uh, you know, it was so eerie because, you know, you put that podcast out after he had passed away. And, um, you know, it was just really interesting and riveting to hear him discuss refereeing and um, how he handled it and, and, you know, even when he was sick, he was still refereeing because he just didn't want to give it up. And, um, you know, it was his wife had reached out to me when he was very, very sick. She, she just took his phone, found my name in it, and text that she saw and called me to let me know. And I felt it was important for me to really try to let it, get the word out to the community because back then there wasn't a lot of communication right. with people. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate, but he was a very good guy, um, a nice guy. You know, and uh, he was fun to be around. You yeah. know, he'd get together every year with guys to do answers to questions. I miss that. You know, I never was part of that group. But were you, did you sit in on those? Maybe like the last two years. And it was he, like, this guy's always a swindler. <laughs> He's a swindler. He's always trying <laughs> He's to like just, just get, get. I mean, there were, you know, there's a lot of guys in the referee community who still look down on him in the fact that, you know, they felt he was always well, oh, just working too much. There's a lot mm. of people that feel that way or whatever, but it's what he wanted to do. Yeah. And I think that's just a very important thing. Like, I think you can't really judge people. Like, so, you know, some people might not have the sight set that they want to be a division one official right. like me, but everyone's well within their right to have a different angle of what they want to do. If you want to be at SABL every night, right. do that. And, right. you know, that's what I've always prided myself of, like being respected at the highest levels and also just being a friend of referees at any level, because, we all matter. We all have, you know, stories. And that's why, you know, people like you, whether it be anybody in the NBA or, or somebody that has just started, everybody's story matters because honestly, I think that everyone has potential in the officiating game. You got to figure out what that is for yourself. Might right. not be the highest levels, but we could still have fun. Yeah. We could still make some good money doing it. So, you know, I always found it a fulfilling thing. And, you know, I always thought of Steve Ross as a reflection of that, right? So he, you know, never had his sights set on being a, a Division One referee, right. but he wanted to work. Right. And, and he always found it, as, and as us, I, I always found it as like a therapeutic thing, a cathartic thing to, you know, not that I wanted to be away from my family, but it was always like that me time that I was like, oh, I love doing this. And He was addicted to two things, refereeing and playing golf. Mm. And you know what? Up until the, the last few weeks he got sick, he did it to the max. You know, yeah. so uh, he was missed. We after the wake, uh, the first night, myself, Tim Jinx, um, James Washington, and Barney Farahar, we just went to a local pub down the street from the funeral home, and you know, just sat there and toasted them. And you know, it was weird being in a bar. Yeah, <laughs> I'm know? sure it was. You know, we sat down or whatever. We had a drink or two, and uh, 
you know, I went to the funeral the next day, but he will be missed. You know, we, and, and like I said, that podcast, I can always go back and listen to, cause he had a lot of interesting things to say, <laughs> <laughs> he, I, you know, yeah. but you know, that was his take and angle on things mm-hmm. and I respect him for it. I remember when we were recording it, I was like, Every time he would talk, I'd say within every two minutes, I was like, I got to do some severe editing because this guy was just going off the hook. But, you know, unfortunately, the way I looked at it is like, I felt like the greatest honor for him is to just leave that as is. Right. You know, so I, I did that. And, you know, to me, that that is my tribute to him. Um, you know, I'm going to miss him. I had some great moments with him. And, you know, I remember like one of my first moments of reffing with him I remember, I'll never forget, it was like that that corner one in uh, Jericho Fieldhouse, and I just always thought of him as a mystery. I was like, he's like, yeah, I do varsity. I was like, what? You? Like, now? <laughs> and just his just carefree attitude towards it. But he was good. I mean, he was a good referee. He but knew it, the rules. But it seemed as though he always, like, preserved himself. Yeah. And he always felt like he he was, like halfway there like yeah. his foot was already out the door because he had to go somewhere else that's how i always felt him but you know over time and especially like me you know i started it as like you know like a little side thing but then once i got more serious he was like you know you can go very far and he would always give me some like really good advice so you know i'm going to miss that from him but going back to this whole coronavirus obviously you haven't done any basketball if any but you did do flag football i want to know what your experiences with that and just talking about how like you know it's interesting to think that you know, flag football was something that was seldomly thought of as something that you'd want to do, but now it's like the only thing that we can do. So what was your experience doing? It was a breath of fresh air, literally, right? I mean, you know, I've been doing it on Sundays for years and uh, it's out in Dix Hills and it's a youth league, but it's really well run from like the third grade to seniors in high school, you know? In fact, Mike Nardone, you know, uh, he ended up doing it this year for the first time and I think he liked it. So, um, that was great. You know, it was really two or three games a day, whatever, both Saturdays and Sundays, or, you know, they were working both days and they got a good turnout and it was done well. And, you know, there were precautions that, you know, coaches had to wear masks or something over. We, if we had went over to conferred with a coach, we put our mask up. It was good. It was good to get out and, and do it. I had done adults with John Papa previously a little bit <laughs> with one of his leagues, but I was more used to the kids, mm. you know what I mean? But uh, it was definitely worth it in the fall. And that may be the only game in town for a while. That's that's the way I look at it. But just this whole experience, now we're taping this the day before Thanksgiving. It's Wednesday, right? Yeah. yeah. November 25th, we're taping that. What do you think you've learned about yourself during this whole time of coronavirus? Probably to just be patient Try to relax. Look at the positive of things, right? I mean, we're all restricted to some degree. I have been able to go back to work into my office, which is good, you know, but you miss that other life, right? I mean, that was a life that we had, a separate life of our own with friends and camaraderie. I miss all those guys. Um, I'm doing my yard work last week on a Sunday morning out front, raking leaves, and who drives by but Brian Spencer Sr., <laughs> right? And, you know, he looks over at me. He does a double take. He goes, Twibs. He gets off his bike. We talk for about 45 minutes. You know, a face that I would run into, you know, and I miss those guys. Yeah. I miss all the good guys. You know why he was riding his bike around here, right? His son lives his in son the lives here. town. Yeah. 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 I had a college game son. with him this year. And Is I was like, right? I was like, why don't you do any games in Long Island? He's like, I never thought. I was like, nah, you need to get involved, man. So, yeah. And that's like exactly what we were talking about off air before is that like, you know, 
people just always have different opportunities. But I mean, his name always rings in the city. Like when it's Catholic League girls games, he's Brian doing is it. a really respected guy and yeah. a really good ref and a take control guy. Yeah, yeah, I've done enough games with him. And you know what I always loved about Brian was he was a great partner to talk to during the game. Oh, his so the senior his command in CYO. Oh my god, I know. It's like a master class in just control. Yeah. You don't want to mess with him. Yeah. I did a game with him at St. Chris. I remember he just like blew the whistle. He said some song and dance. And I I remember I was new. I was like, when do you think I'm going to get to the point that I can control a game like this? And he's just like, no, you, you'll get there. You'll get there. You'll get, don't worry. It'll, it'll come. And That's I'm like, what I mean. What? He was always, I could just picture him saying that because he would never be negative with you. No. He's like, you'll get there. You'll get there. you you got some talent, you'll figure it out. And that's always like a thing with officiating, right? It's like, especially like me, now I understand it because I've been through it, but just more so like when you meet somebody new and you feel like you feel the energy that they're going to be good, you always say like, you're going to be good. You just need time. Like, what does that mean though? <laughs> what does that mean? What, what, is, what, what is the time? Like, tell me exactly how long it's going to take. And I remember that's how it was in the beginning of like, when, 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 when. And, you know, going back to that whole patience thing, you know, I did want to go back to the season that you had, 2019, 2020, before everything got closed down. How was your experience doing school games and then just, you know, managing things? Great, smooth season. Yeah. In fact, I'm laughing because the last time we were together for a podcast, we were sitting in a car in front of Bayside High School. We were going to do a couple of Sable games. Oh, no. and we did the, the second podcast. You were asking me about the season. I had foot problems, a little plantar fasciitis, which got better and better, really. And uh, it was a nice, smooth season, you know. And like you said, it was just kind of the end. I was finishing up CYL, PAL, and then stop. So here we are. And I'll be be honest with you, between you and I, I don't think we're going to have basketball in the winter. Oh, I, I already know that. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I'm, I'm, I think everybody knows. You see my hair, right? Say. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I think there hasn't been like an urgency for me to go like, oh, I need to cut this. Like, I just don't have any. I just don't think it's going to happen. And, and it's not going to happen. Yeah. And also, just just think of it this way. I came up with the most perfect analogy to explain like sports and the coronavirus. So imagine you and I go like, Terry, let's go to the beach. And you text me back and you say, it's cloudy though. It might rain. It's 50% rain. I'm like, nah, we're good. Let's just go. I'll read a book and yeah, we'll take our chances. Okay. It starts drizzling. So you're wet. And I think of the wetness as coronavirus, right? <laughs> so you can go to the beach yeah. anytime you want. It's raining though. Yeah. Right? So do you want to get your book wet? Do you want to get wet? Now, I don't really know how that's going to affect now as we move forward because like my daughter's a senior in high school in the local high school here. And, you know, they've set up football now to begin, you know, and and then you're going to have lacrosse and baseball all the way extended. I don't know how they're going to fit basketball anywhere into the school season. It sounds good in theory. A couple things I'll say about that. Obviously, everybody knows I'm a volleyball coach. They postponed my season until September 21st until Governor Cuomo said that it's a high-risk sport. Right. Got postponed till March. And I just think that they're still prolonging the inevitable. They're just trying to satiate the people that are trying to Do want it. it. And exactly. listen, don't get me wrong. I get it. Your daughter's a senior. She's getting robbed of her senior year. I, I completely get that. I have a whole bunch of juniors that won a championship yeah. In volleyball. Right. That I haven't spoken to since that day. I know. And is that sad to me? Yes, that's sad to me. Is there an infectious disease going on? Yes. Yeah. So what's more important? You yeah. know, it, it it just so happens to coincide 
with your daughter's senior year. Unfortunately, unfortunately, but at the same time, it's like as much as you want to forget it, you will never forget it. And no. that, that, that's also special in a, in a different way, right? They'll, you know what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah. Right? I mean, really, they'll get through it, you know, and keep the positive. And what else do you have? Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, it, we'll get there. Like I said, we're all going through it. It's yeah, not exactly. as if like one, way one person is going are. through it. But I, I do get that because there is a finality, especially if you play athletic sports when yeah. you're in the high school level. But um, I will say just that whole intertwinement of saying, you know, I got baseball, lacrosse. I know I already told uh, all the other coaches if we have a spring season and it's the same time as basketball, my priority is volleyball. I don't care how much of a right. ref, I, that's what I do. That's yeah. But the thing is, think of it this way. Let's say you're a basketball player, but you really are a lacrosse player. What do you choose? You Well, you'll probably play the sport that's being played. Right. Right. So it, it's just tough. And, and I, I have this running joke when, when people are like into football, I'm like, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Who, you tell me, Terry, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? <laughs> I can't even comment. I haven't even looked at the NFL. I can tell you who's going to win. Oh. The coronavirus, COVID-19 <laughs> is going to win in 2021. Like that's who's going to win the Super Bowl. Like even my Ravens, right? They had two positive cases. They might not have the game tomorrow. It's like, obviously, I'm a it's big, still raining. I'm a big follower of college football. Yeah. Okay. Because my son went to a big time school, University of Alabama. So I'm, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a huge Alabama fan because of that. And it's just crazy to watch games being canceled week to week and, you know. And it's normal. And it's this and they're number the one too, right? Yeah, right now they are. <laughs> yeah. But you never know who's going to show up every right. week, you know, and, and that's what we're living through. Yeah. I mean, you know, I did get to watch my nephew play a lot of baseball over the summer here and there. That was the one sport really that was going on, you know, was baseball. Made me kind of think. Maybe I should take that baseball test. I've always told you to I've get involved. Didn't I always tell you this? Yeah, I know. You'd I like it. It's so fun. Well, I love baseball. I mean, that's really Me my favorite sport. Very slow, though. It is. It is. Very I don't slow. Know how, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's fun. It, it's fun. It's fun if you're doing, like, you know, you're doing the high school Catholics, and yeah, that's good baseball. It's good. So, you know, that's fun. Yeah. The, the You know, the little guys at nine years old that Not can fun. barely find the plate. Right. I mean, you got to really love the game. To- yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and, and kids to do that. And get I, I always say that I never played growing up. So my perception has always been like the majors. Yeah. So when I did my first like junior high game, I went, oh, my God, they can't throw. Like, I'm going to get hit. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I never thought of it as like, oh, they are still learning. Right. Because in basketball, I played when I was a kid. So I never thought of it as like, you know, and you realize how good people in the majors are right. Right. So like one error is like, Oh my God, I made an error. Like it's just not normal. But you know, back to you with all this being done and we'll have a prediction afterwards, after I ask this question, but what do you think is your going to, your relationship going to be when everything is open up? Do you, you, cause I, I, you've had a lot of time with your family. You've done yard work. You've done flight football. You've done, <laughs> done more yard work. You've done everything done in five years. You did everything to stop short of being at SABL at 10, 11, then go to Island Garden for two, three, and four, and then coming back to. The thought of going back to that amount of games and hopping here and there, which I really love to do, mm-hmm. but, you know, it was a nice welcome break in the beginning. I don't know if I'm, I'm going to go back and I'm going to pick and choose the leagues that, you know. You're going to be really more selective. Enjoy. I think so. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I always love Sable. I love the the guys That's there. the first thing that I want to do. Sable's great. Yes. You know, if for anybody who doesn't know, it's a South Asian basketball league, and these guys are great. They're adults. They're, they're good, so funny when they're, they're mad, too. Oh, it's they, like, they're good people, though, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, really respectful, yeah. you know? And, and a lot of them can play, you know? And it, 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 that's so much fun. I just love the atmosphere there. 
I'll do Island Garden, you know, because I, I still love the youth, the youth leagues. And, you know, there's so many good young coaches in Island Garden now, like uh, Billy Heenan, uh, Jesse Winter with his Level Up group. Doing great work. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I really love to see that, that new, those new guys, young guys come in like that. Billy Heenan now, he's one of the assistants at St. Joseph's College. Good for I'm him. so proud mm-hmm. of him, so happy for him. I had a funny story with him years back he, when he first started coaching in the Lightning. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know he played. And uh, it was the end of a game. He was getting blown out. And I don't know. He complained about a call. And I said, oh, coach, there's a minute left in the game. Come on. Do you think I'm going to make that call? And he turns to me and he goes, I just wanted to get him to the foul line to get his mother off my back. (laughs) 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 You know, and I was like, I like this guy, you know, because he was just, you know, he was just being so honest. And it turns out, you know, I'd ref with him and everything. And he's a great guy. And But there's a lot of, you know, young coaches now at Island Garden that are really doing a great job with some of these organizations. So yeah. I definitely, I hope that gets back to, at some point, what it was, you know, slowly, when, when the time is right. Yeah, and speaking of when the time is right, you know, just after just having this experience of, of doing all this as your dog is barking, and I'm just <laughs> going to leave that because I like that. Um, oh. Too, well, they, they're picking up the leaves right in front, so okay. they got a perfect view. When do you think now just... Explaining this to me and, and being frustrated and, and taking tabs and, and bets with other people in the referee circuit. When do you think this is all going to get back to normal? I don't know. I don't know. That's big because before you're like, nah, April, we're good. Nah, July, we're. Yeah. Fall of next year, fall of 2020? I think summer 21. 20. I think summer 2022 is when everything oh, will get back to normal. That's way out. But. Again, I can't doubt what you're saying because am I am I trying to am I trying to prove people wrong? No, no. I'm telling you what it is. Well, <laughs> you know, this whole vaccine thing is such a big unknown, let's face it. Also at the same time, I think what's interesting about the vaccine is that we've bungled the response so badly, but there's been so much innovation with the vaccine. Right. So I feel like maybe we start strong, but the only problem is, is that as you mentioned before, there's so much misinformation that people are probably deterred from taking it. So, That's but I, but I do feel as though when people do take it and they see that they're resuming their lives, it'll, it'll it's, it's going to be like, you know what, more. I'll take it then. Right. Forget it. Right. But being the, older, I would probably be inclined to take it because, you know, I'm 60 years old now, you know, the, you know, the thought has crossed my mind. I'm in that category, so to speak, of people that it could affect yeah. more than others, you know, and that, that's often crossed my mind. Like I wasn't afraid if I got it, but at the same time I thought, wow, what if I get it and it goes bad? You know what I mean? So um, I might be inclined to possibly be, you know, take it, you know, up front, but other people won't be inclined to do it. And it's going to, I don't think it's going to catch on. Do you agree as, as quick as people think? Well, it? I always say, first of all, because... <laughs> You know, as you know, I tell people like summer 2022. So everyone always sits me up like, no, you're wrong. First of all, I'm not trying to prove anything. And no, I just I know what I I just I read it. I read it all the time. Like, yeah, there's one thing that I do all the time. And it's like the most important thing to me. I always want to learn. I always want to improve, you know, my vocabulary, just like information. And, you know, just everything seems as though um, this vaccine is pretty good. But at the same time, it's like are we going to be able to download it on our phone? Like when it's available? Is it free? Can we lick our screen? <laughs> You've also heard that it has to be a certain temperature and we have to take it twice. 
Is that true? Yeah, we have to take it twice. We have to take I it twice in order for us to. I mean, that's just one variation of the vaccine. Right. And you think about it just on the grander scale, we're still thinking of it in terms of the United States. So I'll, t- I'll just give you an example. I caught wind of the coronavirus in December, right? It was coming from a wet market in China. And you know how we are in the United States. That's not going to happen to us. We're good. That, and that's really our attitude towards everything. Yeah. We have such hubris we're, in the United um, States. Reactive, not proactive. Yeah, we're like we're good. That's not going to come on. We we have we have the best doctors. That's not going to happen to us. We, we're good. But it happened yeah. because it's a disease that's invisible, right? Right. Imagine if this thing was visible. Like if we can see it, <laughs> we'd be inside. Everyone would be inside, right? Yeah. Everyone would be inside. So the way I look at it is, the problem is like yeah, okay, the vaccine as we might be good in the United States, but there's still international travel, right? Yeah. There's people from Japan that want to come to the United States. So if you think of it that way, that means the whole world has to be vaccinated. Right. It has to be 70% of it to be gone. And I think we're, we're still a ways out because, yeah. and it's not even because of the world, because I, I read the other day, Taiwan, 54 million people, you know, guess how many deaths they have in their, in their country. You tell me. You're going to be sad. Seven deaths. Oh. Seven. How could that be? <laughs> because they have contact tracing. Yeah. They responded early. Yeah. They wore a mask. They were socially distant. It, it, so many aspects to this. You know, people saying, you know, you're taking away my rights. I mean, look at how the other parts of the country. Weren't they like that with seatbelts in the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Weren't they like that? No. I guess. Probably- yeah. Like, I don't want to wear a seatbelt. I'm not doing that. I haven't worn a seatbelt the whole time I was driving. Well, like- we were just discussing before the podcast. Now, Barry gets off. One of the referees moved down to Florida. And, you know, we stay in touch every couple of weeks. And he called me and he said, you know, basketball's been going on for months. He goes, I didn't do it just because eh, I was just going to lay off for a while. He said he went back last week for the first time. You know, and they, and they haven't, look at Pennsylvania, like Spooky Nuke. What's that big place? <laughs> yeah. That place was going all summer. And you know what's crazy about that? My um, cousin, who's a school teacher in Valley Stream, works with a woman who also works there. And her daughter's a big basketball player on Long Island. And right before school started, they did a tournament down there. And the daughter got it. And the mother got it. You know, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Spooky where, Nook has 30 courts, too. Yeah. And it was open yeah. the whole summer. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it is no rhyme or reason. Right. You know, I don't want to get into politics, whether it's good to shut down, it's not good to shut down. Because you know what? There's so many different variables and there's, there's no right or wrong here. Yeah. The quicker we get it in controls, the quicker we get out of it. Right. Yeah. So, like, if we all shut down for six yeah. weeks, we'd be done. Like, it's and, so and think of, think, yeah, I know, but think about it if we just did that first. If we just were shut down for eight weeks, we would have been out of it for four months now. I'm a small business, and a good majority of our business is based in Manhattan. And when I tell you that my clients, I mean, we're you know, my business is suffering, but, you know, we're getting by because we've been around a long time and we've always been conservative. And, uh, you know, the whole business landscape, yeah. people going to their offices, it's not happening. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have clients that tell me they're not going back till mid-next year at the earliest. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's one aspect of our business is just based on the printed page, you know, print. And nobody's printing because nobody's in their office. So, 
you know, things have really changed. Manhattan occupancy in buildings has changed. It's going to be very interesting to see how it all shakes out. Yeah. It really is for New York, and I feel bad about that. You right. Know, because New York, to me, is still the capital of the world. And it will be. It'll, we'll, we'll, I hope you're right. We're I always resilient it, enough to I, do that. Yeah. You I know, I have a deep affinity to Brooklyn and Manhattan. I, the other day, I just went to the Brooklyn Bridge, and I was like, you know, just taking pictures. And it just was very eerie because I'm so used to it just being just lively. And not to say it's not lively. Yeah. It's just a different type of lively, especially like Manhattan. I remember in April I went to Manhattan. Yeah. Oh my God. You could do a photo shoot in Times Square. It was a ghost town. It was crazy. It really and I was. did that because <laughs> yeah. it, it was, it was just a, a unique time that I wanted to do. But you know, going back to Barry, it's really interesting that you mentioned him because I have been talking to him and I remember he's like, no, no, we're good. I've been playing tennis. And it was interesting to speak to him and it's so crazy that we're in the same country where it's like forbidden to play basketball here. Yeah. And it's weird that they're playing there. And we both think that we're both weird yeah. and we're in the same country. That's why the whole That's thing why, is yeah. so confusing. And then on top of that, the unintended consequences of us closing down, there's still people in New York that have resources to say, I'll go to Spooky Nook. Yeah. I'll, I'll drive everyone there. Right. And that, that that's not deterring people from playing. No. We're just not playing here. And they will go to lengths of driving 400 miles. They will drive to Indiana. Well, look at the travel this weekend. You know, they showed uh, all the planes in the air, you know, over this weekend. And, you know, people are saying, don't travel, you know, stay home. And look, look at how many people are traveling. It's the largest amount of people since before the pandemic this weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy. I, I don't know. You know, what, what can I say? Yeah. There's, there's no right answer here. There's no right answer. But like no. I said, just continue to stay safe. Final question I had for you. It's Thanksgiving, obviously, and I'm appreciative that I've seen you on Thanksgiving Eve. If I was in my 20s, I don't know how I'd feel about this, right? If yeah. Thanksgiving Eve is like the time we all go, wow, oh, we go to the bar. Was, like, that was the biggest night of the year. Crazy. Just, <laughs> and I, I listen, when I was in my 20s, I was definitely going out that night. Uh, but, you know, I'm thankful to see you. I'm thankful that you're healthy. Is this the craziest thing that you've been through? Like, I mean, you've had a heart attack on the the court yeah like <laughs> this is even crazier than that yeah this is crazy because it's a lot longer i yeah. mean you know when i had my heart event the end of january i was back on the court in mid-april <sighs> okay you know here we are what eight months later that's crazy months later so this is definitely you know the longest period of time but i'm optimistic i want to be optimistic you know uh it's been great that you've been out talking to all the people you've been talking with i just want to mention i mentioned to you earlier i think marty shafrilla should be your sidekick he is so much brings so much energy i'm gonna text him after this and tell him you said i'm that. telling you man he was great he was like really fun to listen to thought Vinny did a great job too you know Vinny's on the quieter side but very articulate, you know, he, you know, Vinny's a, like a big teddy bear. Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm mad at him because he's like, yeah, we can record. So before I press record, he's like, you know, I only got 15 minutes. I'm like, 15 minutes? So that's why I was like like speeding yeah, it up. it was a shorter podcast. This guy, 15 minutes. Where you got to go, Vinny? You got a game? <laughs> what are we doing here? But, you know, it's it. listen, it's the third time I'm on. I don't know how many guys can say that, right? So I'm really honored to be here. Feel good. I'd like to get more exercise. I probably should do, be doing more on my own, but, you know, you get into that rut. But I did do flag football, so I was out there, you know, moving around. Is so. that still going on? What's that? Is that still going no, on? No, it ended last weekend. All right. Yeah, the finals. But they're even talking about a winter season. I don't know. They're 
because they can't do basketball. Yeah, well, listen, if you that. if you need uh, advice for the cold gear, I have all that. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's the only thing that would hold me back would be well, the ridiculous weather. I have these, like, $90 tights. Yeah. And everyone's like, how could you spend that? I'm like, you don't play, you don't ref <laughs> you like don't football. You don't go out do You this. don't understand. When you're there, oh. Do they play when the field is covered with snow? I've done that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've done I've done every variation. Yeah. That's why, like, when I got into basketball, I was like, why do I do flag football? This is, like, <laughs> this is so stupid. I but I love it. So it's 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 weird. Happy to catch up with you. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? I just hope everybody out there that listens to this, please stay safe. I, you know, I hope things work out for all of us soon, and we'll get there. You know what I mean? Hopefully we'll get back to basketball. I miss it. I miss the people. I miss the, I even miss the coaches. You know, <laughs> yeah, and and I'll just say my final thing I'll say is that hopefully before part five when you're on, um, we'll yeah. be back on the court. <laughs> Sounds great, <laughs> Ralph. Thanks so much, man. It was Anytime, great to be man. on again, and yeah, let's be around to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. For Terry Twybell, this is Ralph the Ref. This is the Ramp. We are signing out. Peace.